The following audio content is a talk given at the Inn, a college ministry of University Presbyterian Church in Seattle, Washington. For more information, please visit our website, theinnseattle.org. We invite you to join us each Tuesday at 9 p.m. on the corner of 16th and 47th in Seattle's U District. If you do not know Mary Grace, you have, like, before Thanksgiving break, before the end of the night, you need to get to know her. Okay, we interviewed her. We thought we absolutely want this girl. She got here. She had just driven across the country. Immediately, she hugs everyone in the room. She does not know. She's excited to be here. She probably knows all of you in this room. Uh, if you do not know her, this is one thing you need to know about Mary Grace. She is about you. She is about other people. And when you are with her, you know it automatically. Nobody's going to make you feel as desired. No one's going to make you feel as, as known and loved in that moment. And she's going to make whatever you're doing a fun time. Okay, even if it's like, man, this is not a good situation. You're stuck in traffic. I heard this summer she's driving across the country. She's driving through Yellowstone. There's a bison herd all around the car that has literally made it so the car cannot move in this moment. There's two hours stuck in bison traffic. And yet she's the only one that's like, let's sing songs about the bison and let's serenade the bison out the window. Let's make this a fun time. She will make it a fun time if it is not. I hope you get to know her on a personal level. And I'm excited that we all get the chance to hear more about her story tonight, continuing our series, looking at worth and identity. Ladies and gentlemen, Mary Grace Urban. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, I am so pumped right now. I am so pumped to be up here and to talk to you guys, share a little bit about my story. Um, But we're actually going to start off with some cool baby pictures, because why not, right? So we're going to pull those up. Look at that. That is a baller, if I've ever seen one. That's I started young. That's me right there. And then this this is some toga thing that I've got going on. I'm not really sure. I actually have another picture right after that. And that's me with a dog. So that's me. It's a little cake, guys. <laughs> um, we're actually starting a contest. So you'll see the rest of the interns' baby pictures eventually. So, But there's three things I really want y'all to know before we kind of dive into my story tonight. Um, the first thing is I'm actually from Winchester, Tennessee. Nobody knows where it is. It's fine. But it is on the other side of the country. So a little bit of background about Winchester is there is tractor pools, if you like to ride tractors. There is a baby brisket biscuits and gravy and sweet tea all the time. So if you'd like to come and get some of that, that's some good grub. Um, and I actually play fiddle. So that makes sense that I come from Tennessee, right? That's like generic. Um, <laughs> and I was bit by a copperhead snake on my 10th birthday. So those are some fun facts about the South um, and the backwoods because that's where I'm from. So that's exciting. And I'm pumped to be in Seattle. So um, the second thing I really want y'all to know is I love this job. I love it, guys. I I love all of you so much, um, and I'm just like so thankful that you've welcomed me into your community for being an outsider, um, and I just feel so welcomed here and so at home, and if I don't know you, seriously, let's go on an adventure or like go get some bubble tea. I like bubble tea. Um, whatever you really want to do, I'm here, and I really want to get to know you, so. Oh, and also, I really love hugs, so if you're feeling like a hug is needed, I got you. I got you on that. Um, And the third thing I really want to talk about tonight is I actually came from a culturally Christian background. Um, My dad is a pastor, and I would go to church three times every Sunday, and we would sing hymns. We didn't have a cool band, and I would listen to the same sermon three times in a row. So it was a lot of fun, and then we'd top it off with some Sunday school. So I come from predominantly just Christian background, right? Um, And another thing that's really cool is, I don't know if it's cool, but I actually... Actually, see the best in people. I've grown up in the 
this like innocent kind of sheltered life, um, living in this kind of bubble. And I always found people to be wonderful. Like I still see that in people, uh, but I always seem to see the best and I don't think about people doing anything to harm me. Um, but that all dramatically changed in my life. Um, something changed and uh, the drastic change that happened was when I was 16 years old and during this time, um, I've lived up to this point, not, not really, just thinking everything was just hunky-dory. I thought everything was great. Um, <laughs> and uh, this dramatic experience, I actually was 16 years old, um, and I was sexually assaulted. And um, this really changed my whole perspective on people. I genuinely thought this person that I knew um, was perfect. It was by worldly standards, the most perfect guy you could probably put in a little box. Um, and I thought that he had it all together. Like, I was like, oh, this is great. Um, but yet he actually had a side to him that I was completely unaware of. And I actually got to witness that firsthand. And actually a week later, um, I was actually sexually assaulted again. Um, and during this time, it was a more horrific, um, really just impacted my life and completely changed who I was. Um, I was basically stripped of everything. I had no self-worth. I had no self-confidence. I was basically just there. Um, and these things happened and I immediately was angry at God. Like I was so mad because at this point I had done all the right things, right? Like I went to church and I did all these things that were great. Um, but then I ended up with this. So I questioned God. I said, where are you? Because you're, you're not here, obviously, or you wouldn't have let this happen to me. Um, and so this is something that really, really just kind of altered my whole perspective on people. So for years, I actually didn't tell anyone. So I went like six or seven years completely silent about it. Um, it's something that like I kept to myself. I didn't think that I deserved to be heard. Um, I wasn't heard in the moment and I wasn't heard now. So I just went on believing that I wasn't worthy of being loved. Um, up until this point, I'd never been on a date and I never kissed a boy. So this was my first experience with, uh, with boys. So not exactly the best, um, best experience to start off with. Um, and what I really want to talk about is identifying with shame. And this shame is what distance you from God. Um, and recently we've actually been talking about, um, our stories and we've been talking about, am I worth it? Um, it's been a four part series and we've actually heard from Mike and we've heard from Thirt. Um, and now you're hearing from me. So this is great. Oh, we're all different. Um, but, but Mike actually talked about this story. Um, and he talked about the creation story and we dove into it a little bit and talked about how, we basically, um, originally when we were created by God, that we were supposed to get our identity, our love, our worth, um, who we are came from God. And then we were supposed to go out and steward the people or steward the things of this world. Um, and then after the fall of Adam and Eve, um, we actually switched that and we started getting value and identity and getting defined by the things of the world and not by God. Um, so he actually gave a great example with like two little portrait things. Y'all remember that? Y'all remember that? That was great. Um, it was really good to have a visual of that. Um, but I'm actually going to pick up from there and we're going to dive into Genesis 3, 7 through 10. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He answered, 
I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. So this is kind of the idea of shame. Um, this is the initial start of shame, right? Like this is, everything is great. Like the Garden of Eden, we're just hanging out. Everything's beautiful, we're eating some food. And then all of a sudden, everything has changed because Adam and Eve decided they wanted something more. Um, and then they became aware of their nakedness. They be- became aware of their shame. And then they started to hide from God. Like God couldn't see them. Um, but God was continuing to search for them. Like he came out and was looking through the garden and was trying to find them. Uh, but they, they thought that they could separate themselves from God. Um, and basically that shame just like completely separated them um, in their minds. And so what happened to me um, after I went through this experience is I started to live a double life. Um, I, I decided that I was going to listen to the voices of the world and find my worth in everything possible. Like I thought that God was not going to help me and that I was going to look to these things for value and acceptance and like love. Um, Cause that's where I was going to find that. And so I started living this life and I would go to school and I would perform, right? Like I was trying so hard. I was like getting the best grades and I was trying to live up to my parents' expectations of just, um, just doing school. And I was class president and I was a talk show of a like little show in Winchester. That's not really a big deal, but you know, that was cool. Um, and just kind of like really wanted to perform well. But then on the other side of this life, um, was me being broken. And I was so broken guys. Like I, I literally um, was finding my worth in like this really wrong group of like people who didn't care about me at all, um, but like took advantage of me um, and just really didn't care about my well-being. And then I started getting like really into consuming lots of alcohol. Um, I really just kind of went off the deep end and I just kind of dug myself this deeper hole and I continued to get deeper and deeper into this shame. Um, and as this continued, I actually got in more into like binge drinking and getting in trouble with the law. Um, and if looking at the person I was before and looking at the person I am now was completely different people. Um, the joy that I had before was just the energy and joy was going into all these other things because that's where I was finding my place at. And so which brings us up to college. So college, I was like, okay, I'm going to go to college and I'm going to join a sorority and I'm going to find this great group of friends who's going to love me and they're going to accept me. And that's where I'm going to find my worth because I looked at everything else, right? I tried and I still didn't feel good. Like I still didn't feel like it was what I, that was building me up. Um, so I joined a sorority and really what's sad about it um, is I was going in with the wrong perspective. Like I was going to try to find this worth in these people, in this group of people. And that didn't live up to my expectations. Um, I continued into the same lifestyle and started getting into an eating disorder um, because I wanted to now look the part. I wanted to really go there, look exactly like these girls because these girls were perfect. Um, so I wanted to be like them and fit in. Um, so now I'm trying to perform well. I'm trying to look well. And all inside of me is just like, just broken. I'm just like a big mess. Um, and so this ultimately, um, I came from, you know, 16 years old. I've gone through this whole life of just kind of trying to find my worth and trying to find this value. Um, and ultimately trying to find God and all of this. And which led me to, um, led me to prison or jail. Um, and I got involved with the wrong crowd of people again, and we ended up 
getting in trouble. And I ended up being booked into jail and had a mugshot literally sitting behind the prison bars or jail bars. And I um, remember looking out of these bars, right? And I was like, what am I doing? I was like, who am I? How in the world did I get to this point? And I remember sitting there and the shameful part is my two older brothers came um, and bailed me out of jail. So here they come, walking me out of jail. I come home, parents are just, they're thrilled, right? Um, that was a lot of fun, <laughs> looking back. Um, and, you know, they're really disappointed in me, which is probably the worst thing that could ever happen is the disappointed look, like you know what I'm talking about. Um, and I came in and I just knew I was gonna get ripped about this. Uh, but my dad actually said something to me that really impacted my life. And he said, Mary Grace, what are you doing? And I was like, huh. I was like, you're so right. I was like, what am I doing? Um, <laughs> But you would think, like, I would think about this beforehand, but no, it really hit me at this point. Um, (laughs) And at that point, I was like, you know, maybe I should start making some changes in my life. Maybe, um, maybe I'm on the wrong track, and maybe that I'm not going to find worth in these things that I think I'm going to find worth in. Um, So at that point, I actually... (laughs) Never talked to my friends at home. Um, I stopped talking to them from that point on. Never had anything, no contact with them, nothing to do with them. Um, And then I actually dropped my sorority. And not because the sorority wasn't great. It was just not the right environment for me to be in. um, And I knew that. And so I dropped my sorority. And then I actually found my roommate one morning on the floor, um, like completely unconscious. And she had brain cancer. Um, And so all of a sudden, my entire world was just like flipped upside down. Like I literally did not know what to do. I didn't know where to turn. Um, I had no friends and was very, very, very lonely. Um, and so I remember distinctly laying on the floor and I was crying and I was like, God, I'm so done with like trying to find my worth. If you're there, I really need you. Um, and I was just crying out for help. I just needed him, um, to come into my life. And what's really, really cool is he showed up. Um, it's funny, you ask and then he comes. Um, but it's really great because I was walking on campus and I actually came across this ministry called The House. And The House is like the inn. People from the inn actually started it in Seattle. Um, and it was like a smaller version of this. And it basically became like a beacon of hope in my life. Um, I came in and... I saw people my age worshiping Jesus and I was stoked about this. Like, let me tell you, I've never seen people worship Jesus because I grew up in church where everybody there was over the age of 60, which was great because we had really wonderful potlucks and like all the great people. I get lots of hugs. Y'all, like they're like grandparents. It's wonderful. Um, but I didn't have a youth group. So like, it was just me like hanging out, like chilling. And I loved it, but like, you know, it's gotta be nice to have some friends. Um, <laughs> some encouraging friends. Um, so I ended up, um, <laughs> I ended up really getting involved in this ministry and, um, I actually came across a core group and guys, I get really stoked about core groups because this core group changed my life. Um, for once in my life, I was actually listened to like for so long, I kept everything so much inside of me because nobody wanted to hear it and no one cared to hear me that I sat in a core group and all of a sudden, like this group of girls was like, Hey, I want to talk to you. I want to hear your story. And for once, I was like, huh, what is my story? And then I started processing some things in my life that I just kind of suppressed and never thought of. 
And I pretended like never happened. I pretended like nothing ever happened in that. Um, and so they listened to me. And then I decided randomly to go to Seattle <laughs> for a mission trip, um, which is funny when you live here. But like, yeah, it's like we came from Tennessee here to um, help and work in the homeless ministry. Um, and so as I'm here, I, we actually came to the inn, right? And I was sitting on the floor, like where y'all are sitting right now. And I was listening to Ryan Church, right? He was up here just preaching the word. Couldn't exactly tell you what he was preaching about, but like, I remember sitting there listening to him, um, but it really impacted my life um, because I was so lonely and I was sitting there. I didn't know anybody on this mission trip. I just decided to show up and I was sitting in the crowd and I was like, where am I doing and how am I here? And I'm so lonely and I'm so broken and like, what? Um, and what's crazy is that was years ago, and now I'm here. And that's something that blows my mind, is that I was there thinking those thoughts and how the Lord redeemed that in crazy ways. Um, but something on that trip actually changed my life. Um, I came back, and I just like completely changed my life. Um, I said yes, and I was like, God, I'm full into this life. Like, let's go, let's do something, let's change me, because I do not like who I am. Um, <laughs> and so I actually talked to a girl on that trip, and she was like, I think you're going to end up in ministry. And I was like, what? I was like, absolutely not. Like, I laughed at her. I was like, Mm-mm, no. Um, and then she came up to me, like, recently. and was like, hey. And I was like, mm-hmm, yeah, I remember. <laughs> you have to tell me. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, so this this um, actually changed my life. And when I came back, I actually got, really got a, a lot of cool opportunities um, that God kind of opened up. And through these opportunities, uh, the Lord redeemed and restored and renewed things in my life that really needed it and really needed to be restored because that brokenness was so hard to deal with. Um, but something that really spoke to me was I was listening to the voices of the world, right? And I was listening to all these things of saying, you're not worthy enough. You, no one cares. Nobody wants to hear you. Um, and God spoke truth into that. And he spoke truth hard. Um, and he literally brought in um, a scripture that really affected me. Um, and so the scripture is Romans 8, 38 and 39. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, not anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That speaks, guys. That speaks. Can we just like, let's bring it. Let's bring it. Because... Guys, this changed my life. Like this literally changed my life because I realized that my shame did not separate me from God. Like nothing that I could do would ever separate me from the love that I experienced from him. And so your addictions or, you know, the addictions that we experience or the things that we did last weekend or the things that we're going through, the shame that we have will never separate you from God. That's what I want you to know because he's still there. He hasn't left you. He's still there in the garden. He's still there trying to find you and he's still there with you and he's not going to leave you. Um, so the truth that I got from this um, really restored, really redeemed um, and just really brought light into my life. And Y'all, this joy that God brings into your life is crazy. It just like, I get pumped talking about it because I can't even explain to you what it is because literally the Holy Spirit and God and just 
just overflows you and you want to tell people about it and you want to get people pumped about it, right? Like you want joy and you want this to happen. And so um, something that's really cool about this is this joy is not circumstantial. It's not something that is based on what happens to me or what's going to happen to me. It's there because I know the Lord and the Lord knows me and has told me this um, and told me how I'm worthy um, of being loved. And so... Um, I actually talked to someone recently and they said to me, um, not, not meanly, but just was like, you know, you have your whole life together and you're like, got per-, you know, it's perfect. Like everything in your life has been good. And that's why you are so joyful. Like everything, you haven't had anything bad happen to you. Um, and that's why I really wanted to share this story. One, I really wanted to let y'all in, but I really wanted y'all to know that like, um, that this joy that I have and, and the things that I, I just get pumped about life, like this is from the Lord, but it doesn't mean that I don't struggle with things. Um, and I don't struggle with things currently. And so right now, um, some of the struggles that I'm having is speaking in front of you guys. Like I was so nervous about getting up here and speaking. Like I love you guys, but like you're more intimidating when you're like sitting here and like I'm up here, I'd like to be sitting there, you know? Um, so like I was really scared about, uh, sharing my story, but ultimately just like letting people in, um, and opening up because I've told a handful of people, well, yeah, a handful of people in my life, uh, my story and not always has been the best experience. Um, and now it's like sharing it with everybody. So um, I had a really hard time, like as I was working through this, um, just explaining and trying to figure out what I was going to say and how vulnerable I wanted to be um, just speaking to you guys. Um, and uh, I also had a really, <laughs> I have a really hard time being vulnerable uh, with other emotions. Like I like joy, but then like sadness is really sad, right? And angry is like not my, not my thing. I don't like anger. Um, and so I have a really hard time being vulnerable and opening up to these emotions, right? Um, so these things that kind of creep in, that kind of make me feel sad, I'm like, mm, I don't want that. Like you can go away. Um, but I'm realizing that those things are human. Um, Jesus, he wept. Um, and these things are emotions and they're great and they make life wonderful. Um, so that's something that I'm currently trying to work through. And also another struggle is as I was going through my story, it was actually a time for me to like process, um, to process my life, to process things that had happened to me and process how I got to this point, um, which was a really cool experience to really be able to dive into that and have time with that. Um, and years ago, <laughs> this is crazy, but years ago, um, an intern came to the house and she spoke in front of us and she said um, that she was letting sin define her and she was confessing or it was a confession series and she was talking about it and um, and she was talking about all these different stories and I just really valued the fact that she was vulnerable and that she was in her brokenness and was speaking. Um, and so I decided that I was going to go up to her and I was like, hey, I need to talk to you because I got some stuff and I need somebody to listen to me. Um, and from that, which was really cool, this one-on-one that I had that I've never had before in my life changed my life because from that shame blossomed this beautiful friendship. And she's one of my best friends. She's actually back there. Um, she's one of my best friends. Um, and we've literally done all these things together. And what I think came from that is stepping out of your shame, stepping out of our shame, um, we got 
a beautiful friendship. Like the Lord worked in that. The Lord is like awesome. And what's crazy um, is when you start sharing your story and you start like saying the things that are burdensome on you, um, you're giving the darkness less power. You're giving your shame less, less power. And you're giving the, giving God these burdens and he's bringing you into the light and he's redeeming it. Um, and he will redeem you, which is so cool. (laughs) Um, so I know it's not easy sharing your story. I know. Um, it's really, really hard. Um, it's really difficult. Um, but I just kind of want to invite, um, invite us as a community to share our stories because in that comes so much beauty, um, comes so much joy, comes so much of these burdens being let go. Um, and I, my hope is that this community of people, um, cause y'all, this community is awesome. And my hope is that we can listen to each other. We can listen to each other's stories. Um, we can listen to each other's vulnerability and then we can be vulnerable with each other. Um, I think that's so important to have that. Um, and just to really support each other and care for each other. Um, so, uh, with that being said, I would really love, um, to talk to you guys. If you ever need somebody to listen or want to like share your story or just really want to chat about life, um, I really want, I'm here and I really want to talk to you. Um, and so my hope is that we'll be able to share with each other. Um, and also the staff would love to talk to you too. So anytime that you would like to ever be able to talk about things, we're here for you. And something that I want to leave us with tonight is sin and shame does not define who you are. God speaks truth into the darkness and brings you into the light. Let's pray. Hey God, um, you are so awesome. And I am amazed um, at what you do. Um, Lord, I'm so thankful for this community of people. Um, I'm so thankful to be a part of it, Lord. Um, I'm thankful that we have stories to share. And I pray, Lord, that we can be a community that shares our stories and that can be vulnerable with each other. I pray that we can listen with open ears um, and that we can be a community that supports each other in that. Through all the hard times, Lord, I pray that um, people can really experience you, experience the truth that you speak over them, uh, experience the light that you bring them into, um, and just experience your love and joy overall. Um, God, you're awesome. Thank you so much for this time. And thank you so much for each person in this room and their story. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.